It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Metal Break, and in the name of Holy Thunder Force and in the League of Satan. This is Johannes Ekeström, and next to me... Baki. The star of the show, Ask the Dog. Yes. We're gonna do something now for you all where we're gonna take the pulse of the metal word of today. Exactly how, Paki? Well, in actuality, we were going to talk about this anyway because we always talk about music so we said we can record it yeah we will record a make a show out of this what yes. are we drinking on this coffee themed show today uh white wine i don't remember the name which one did you pick oh it's, it was organic okay that's good enough so it's groovy groovy no, white but wine. what we are going to do is I will read you some headlines mm -hmm. from the news today or in this couple of days from the metal world slash rock and you are going to react to it. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Uh, the first one, you know what I'm going to say. So, but that's why I don't comment, okay? I let you, being from Sweden and you are a diplomat, Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and now you are in all your uh, avatar countries, so you are used to be a diplomat. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It comes with the territory. Okay. Butcher babies. Yeah. We are used to being criticized. I can understand that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not a fan. And I know someone reached out to someone there... Uh, that was, uh, someone suggested that we should play together and I'm not interested. I must say, one of the members, male members, met members of my band and was pleasant, perfectly pleasant and nice. So whatever I say is about people I don't know. But uh, I feel like, like there are, it's just tits. The front, the front man of that band is not the singer singers it's the tits on the singers and uh, okay forget people the diplomat part here yeah no but it's uh, that's it so I, I understand that they're being criticized it's very to me non-metal i remember when i first heard of them i read how they would have took some inspiration from some punk artist in the late 70s her name escapes me who would perform naked and I see the artistic statement by, by, by a radical feminist punk artist being naked in the 70s yeah. as something going on. I don't think anybody sees that going on in what they are doing. Yeah. So, and that is my criticism of them. 
And, and, yeah, and, the thing and this is, is not misogynistic in any shape or form, because I guess we can agree there are wonderful female yeah, yeah, of, of course. And performers, but when you're... Like, I told you 1,000 times how I measure a good female on the stage. If I can picture that for some reason her costume did not arrive at the venue, but that person will say, fuck it, I go, I'm a singer, I could sing anyway. You know what I mean? I cannot picture those girls saying, oh, I don't need my costume and makeup. You well, know? they don't, don't because they perform topless sometimes. <laughs> but I see your point. Okay, I don't really follow them. But you know what I mean. I like, know precisely what you mean. And if, well, the thing is also, I feel like when it comes to that part of it, even of such a visual, wonderful band as Iron Maiden, the greatest of the greats, if they would lose power, if all the lights would die so you couldn't see them, it would still be a great concert. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. still get my money's worth. Yeah. And I'm not the little I have listened to Butcher Baby's music because I always try to do that. Okay, in all fairness, that's here. Uh, I don't remember the song. And that's should say something. I didn't revisit it. Okay, well, I agree with you on this. Quite right, guitarist loves the fact that artists are banning cell phones at the show. We had a lot to say about that because yes. we just went to the most amazing artist ever, Steven Wilson. Who last time we saw him, not this time, but last time there were notes printed. No, no, also this time. On, everywhere. At the venue, I didn't yeah, notice them this time. Everywhere, and so also on the ticket. Yeah. And these ages that he does that. Well, it's, I don't know how many years ago he started by destroying uh, like iPhone. And hello, Jacob. I have... Uh, no, I don't have mixed feelings about it. I prefer what I've... Okay, like this. I don't feel comfortable telling people what to do. And when we play shows, but I'm happier when I see faces than phones. I did, at some point, I guess last year, or maybe even the year before that, have a discussion. It wasn't even a debate, just a nice discussion on Twitter with my followers about how I felt about it, how they felt about it. And I like, understand people want to take a picture for a memory or whatever, but if you experience the whole concert behind a phone, you're not at this show. You're not in the moment. And I, I feel like the whole... Thing, the whole thing with a show, with a concert, at least from my perspective, on stage. But also, at, but also in the, being an audience, it's some kind of mindfulness experience of just existing in that moment. Yeah, because and the most, phone ruins that. The saddest thing is to see a bunch of people, or let's say everyone that has a mobile phone, like up in your mm. hands and is recording something, even if they are on the first row. Yeah. They watch the show through their cell, exactly. and that's fucked up to me. And you don't get to experience the full with you, like it removes, I guess, your concentration on the music almost actually happening. You, you stop hearing and you really stop seeing, I believe. You only see what you want to catch. And, uh, and at that stage, if, if you really get so stuck in that, you are just you lose the actual moment, the unique moment that will never come back. That being said, I, I, again, I, it's kind of, I, it's, I, I struggle with this because th this is how I feel. And 
I can't remember. I guess I take one picture per tenth show I go to. Uh, usually to take a picture if I if I was on the guest list when I want to thank you know through Twitter uh, also whoever put me on the guest list like hey here I am enjoying this moment thank you so much that is usually when I take that picture otherwise I avoid it because also luckily if I want to see that part of the concert again someone else filmed it and it's on YouTube yeah exactly but I don't like to tell people what to do uh, but I would rather that they would prefer not to film and I noticed on the last tour we just did through the states we all said it there are less phones up something has happened i think people are getting tired of it just like less and less people more and more people are leaving facebook now and uh, there is uh, some people just seem to get a bit fed up with it as well so there were you know we, we haven't put up science and stuff it was that twitter discussion with a handful of people i had but that just limited to my followers the follower who read that and saw that I don't think everyone who chose not to film at our last couple of shows had read what my opinion about it. Mm-hmm. So it's something just happening also organically. But I see the quite right perspective. And I think mm. if you're around back then, because one of my favorite things that I found on YouTube by accident was someone taped an early, when they were still underground, concert with Nirvana. Like when Nevermind had come out, but Smells Like Teen Spirit wasn't a huge hit yet or something so to play that song or something and it's a tiny place and people are just jumping around going crazy in a way i haven't seen especially at a small concert in a long mm-hmm. long 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 time and no one was filming except that one designated filmer Mm-mm. but there are some pro because for example you know that i am a huge doors fan mm-hmm. And so many times, if we have been checking some video from the doors, above all live, I always told you, my God, thanks God that somebody filmed that. And it was yeah. not professional. So I don't know even like all the trouble to bring, go like... at the time with this heavy sheet. But thanks God, because in that way, I can see like how Jim was on the stage and not through a professional video but really capture yeah. like the audience and the madness and the exactly. feelings of the month. So don't get me wrong. But also when I am uh, in the pit and I have to take the picture for the first three songs, generally what do you, you you check the set list so you know where you have to stand when this happens and stuff like that. So when I check the set list from, I don't know, the night before, mm-hmm. Uh, and prepare for the photos then I, that I have to take. In the case of my favorite band, like Opet, for example, or Simon Wilson, I really get disappointed if one of my favorite songs is in the, the first three. Because there because, you will be lost yeah, in photography. Yeah, because I am totally lost. I don't think about the music. I just want to, uh, to get a good photo, you know what yeah. I mean? But also all these people that are there queuing, queuing for hours and then you reach the first row and you basically watch the concert from the screen. I don't understand it. And then also one of the reasons that Steven Wilson doesn't particularly like it is also audio quality. And I don't know if that bothers you. When I watch uh, through social media... No, as, as a musician if you see your video that like the quality sucks and No, but I know that it's like that. If I So if, that doesn't bother you at all. No, the thing is if I the I have sometimes especially at the beginning of a tour, 
I, I go look for certain things that we have done looking if someone filmed it on YouTube because we always say we need to film the whole concert in the beginning of a tour to just see what we're doing and if we like it if we want to work on something game footage if if you were in a sport you know mm-hmm. and we never remember to do it or the angle always sucks from the or something always goes wrong so I go on YouTube and watch game footage but then I am not looking for first and foremost for how we sound because that I'm kind of aware of while on stage mm-hmm. I instead I'm looking at how what did we move how did that light idea that we're using but it does not bother you that like your audio is totally fucked up in, no because if, if, if the audio if the audio is fucked up is that it sounds like <laughs> and then people can just imagine and pretend that it sounds great okay. I must add one more thing about this and that again about when you mentioned the doors and that you get to see something of them like that is also how South American and Chinese fans write to me on Twitter and when I share my opinion about film and like no 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 we love that you never play here mm. I'm like it's true I've never been to China I never played anywhere in South America and uh, and still people get the chance to see what my band is about of course there are positive sides yeah. but for example when uh, we were uh, at the Stephen Wilson show now mm. That's why I got so upset when I saw people still putting up the the camera that were just two, to be fair, sold out show, just two person. Mm. But still, like, you are almost first row, right in front of his face. You are basically giving him the middle finger because he's on the ticket. He's everywhere in the venue. And this is one it's of those... It's disrespectful. Because yeah. if you are a Steven Wilson fan, above all, you are very aware of his artistic reason. It's a why big part of the package that. of what, why he's great. Yeah, exactly. He, he because he has been in a battle against, you know, those kind of things. So he's one of the core of Steven Wilson mm. artistry, so to speak, you know. So he's really like a middle finger. Don't do it. If they ask you to not do it. No, but you can you can never stop people like that. And, and I kind of have, I just lay down to the way things are and I try to just make the show so well like I have a very heavy metal way of, of reasoning on what I feel like try to do then on stage personally is that try to make a show happen that gives them no time to stand and film it because they want to have their horns in the air as cheese as it sounds what is what's interesting. next Next, next, Richie Faulkner. If Judas Priest is not included into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, what is the credibility of it? Was there ever credibility in Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? But isn't it a bit fucked up? It is fucked up, but I think Madonna entered before Black Sabbath. Like, honestly... It's... uh, Here's the thing. If... And you you have to have your first your debut album must have been out 25 for twenty five years. years. So if in twenty thirty one I would be invited to go and be inducted, it will not happen. <laughs> not a chance in hell. I would be happy to go to that party. Mm-mm. That being said, I don't take it very seriously, like any award show. I think it's so so informed uh, on. Uh, on, uh, on a very few people who decide what goes in and what not based on I don't know what. So it's, it's all 
it's so much bullshit about it and especially when it comes to metal and yeah heavy metal is a subgenre of rock and roll we are all electric guitar bands and so on that's where it comes from even black metal comes from Johnny B. Good uh, you know it's a long mm. road but but still so it's rock and roll all of it but I feel like I would be more interested in how you could start a metal hall of fame and I think it would be more order and less bullshit in that one. Mm. Because still Iron Maiden, Judas Priest and Motorhead are not there. Exactly. So it's... Exactly. It's bullshit. Motorhead? I don't know which one is the most bullshit of those. But I feel Motorhead, because of how he transcended in pop culture, he, they, but, well, Lem in particular, of course. It's, uh, and Madonna is in, right? And you know I love ABBA. But should they be in before Motorhead? There are no. Then yesterday news, Cradle Field, Danny Field on the upcoming Cruelty and the Beast reissue. It sounds fantastic. I have my opinion on this. You have your opinion on what into the microphone? I have my opinion <laughs> on this. Uh, they're doing a reissue. Oh. Well, uh, I, I am so in a, I don't know, I have mixed feelings when it comes to reissue and... Uh, remaster, remixes. Yeah, because I have to admit, and no shame, when I was a teenager, I loved that album was everything to mm -hmm. me, everything. And I don't know, I want to remember it as it was. I don't know, I, I have mixed feelings. Well, I cannot even explain. Depends, why. like a reissue can be so many things. Like, oh, we're out of prints, so we're gonna release it again, and this time throw on some bonus tracks, you know. Mm -hmm. the, and remasters, remixes, um, well, remakes, re recordings. Yeah, this I'm one has against. been remixed and remastered. Well, remixes. Ugh. Because then you start to hold it to a modern standard and it's just not a good idea usually if it's an older thing. However, there are some different periods of dark ages of, in, in audio technology that things need to be fixed from. Like for the first time, I think I have like an early print on CD, of like my, 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 my copy of Holy Diver. Mm. It's on... Uh, the CD was very new and the mastering there, there was something about how you master for vinyl didn't really translate to CD and so the early CDs don't sound very good. So that calls for a remaster for digital release for instance, mm -hmm. when you switch medium. And that's completely fair. And then you have the, you know, in the, in the decibel wars that was, when did it start? Late 90s? I don't remember. But you start to master albums louder and louder and louder for a while. That, uh, the Pop and Keen, if anybody remembers them, their album is louder than, again, Nevermind by Nirvana mm -hmm. at the time of both releases. So because that tricks someone to, wow, what an impact, so fantastic music for a second, but it kills all the dynamic. And I would love to see remasters from that era. Because mm -hmm. I clearly see a trend now that is going away. Again, talking about Avatar, how Jay Rustin only lets a certain guy master his, his work as a producer, and he barely touches it. There are certain things you need to do and should do in a master, and, but he barely touches it. 
or when we did Black Walls, it was just a, a called hot recording. Everything was kind of loud to begin with and stuff. So there was some cleanup in frequencies, voodoo that I don't understand on Paint Me Red. The rest of the album, I think all of it, at least 80% is not touched in mastering. So it has turned around this trend. Mm -hmm. But between 19, late 90s, early 2000, something, something, mm -hmm. there are a lot of stuff that should be remastered. And so they, where they should pull the volume down. I don't know, because in uh, Cruelty and the Beast, he says, Danny says, um, there is a little bit of keyboards to add, to add in, because strangely enough, some of them were played straight into the mastering. So we didn't have records of those on tape. Huh. So, hmm. so they were really recording Yeah, straight. they had to re-record the keyboards. I don't know, I really loved... My goodness, I love that album. You were not into Credofield at all, right? There are certain songs I have a relationship to because they, they were on sampler CDs from my German metal magazines. Uh, but I from that sampler uh, CD, I bought The Haunted instead. Like me and my friend, I remember we were dressing. My like big brother, I think, like, had oh from that, again, late 90s, early 2000s period, I, he has a ton of their albums. But my idea is, if he's not broke, why you need to fix it? You know, I don't want the new keyboards there. I want to remember the shit keyboards from exactly. Cradle of no, exactly. you know, yeah. And that's the know. thing, that's the thing. Let it, I, imagine, I don't know, Vincent van Gogh, if he would, you know, at the end of his one, he did a couple of hundred paintings. Hmm, I'm much better now. I should go back and paint over the first one. No, no, no. Exactly, like it doesn't... Uh, Star Wars! All the remakes, all the add things, remove things, uh, change things, that just... I don't know. That all in all, whatever you say about one certain scene here or there, just isn't worth it. No, it's just to make more money and that's it. You know, new money. No, I understand the temptation. Here's the thing, out of principle, I don't want to change anything in my old catalog. But still, I would like to change everything about our first album, mix-wise. Mm -hmm. And rewrite the whole vocal part of uh, one chorus there. I just want to remove and write, change that. And so on and so on and so on. But you know what you should do instead? Make a new album and try to make it better than the one you had, did before. Mm -hmm. That, I think, is the artistic approach. But I understand the temptation. Then last week, Miles Kennedy dropped his new lyric video for the song Love Can Only Heal from the album, his solo album, Year of the Tiger. We checked it out. What do you think? What do you think of lyric videos? Okay, that's, yeah, that's a thing. I love lyric videos. Love, love, love. And... I have also mixed feelings there, but generally, if I love the artist, I love the concept of a lyric video, because above all in metal, sometimes people don't pay much attention to lyrics. I can't stand lyric videos. You can't? I can't stand it. I think that, that like it, you, they get so lost in to have a... Number one, I think it's, it's pushed on by the labels. Yeah, of course. I know it because I've But let me see the romantic side Yeah, I, I understand what you mean. But for number one, for me, 
the way now they do because just it's, it's a way to get make a cheaper music video and you're just selling point instead of look at this cool video we made it's look the lyrics are here but then they still want to make it you know you know do something visually with it and those design choices in 99% of the cases makes me too distracted from the music and too distracted from the actual lyrics i'd rather listen to a song and read along to the lyrics in you know in the booklet or on darklyrics.com or whatever okay i have a different experience uh i don't get distracted yeah i agree with everything you say of course it's pushed by the label like we don't mm. live in the world of the unicorns that's mm. for sure and it's also because nowadays you have to put one video after the other, after yeah. the other, after the other. So yes, we agree on that. The reason why I love them is because above all nowadays, how many people buy the album and have the booklet? And how many people just stream it? You know mm, what I mm, mean? Mm. So there you really like the lyrics are not there anymore for you, you know? Or, yeah, you learn them, you sing along, but it's different from reading them and think about the meaning. It's a totally different experience when you just stream a song and you listen to all the instruments, the vocals, and then, yeah, you catch also the lyrics, you know. But to read, read them, you get a bit more into it. I agree. No, and I agree. you can reflect a bit more. I think, though, I don't like the format of lyric video to achieve that. The movie but pictures. how would you do it in well, a streaming world? There's this homepage I've been going to for 16 years, probably now, darklyrics.com. Yeah, yeah, somewhere. of course. You know, yeah. and I also, like this, and this is also now... But again, if you do that, then you get distracted, like you need... Less that. for me. It works better know. for me personally. And I must also say that it's, in a way, it, no, it's totally also highly subjective. Because for me, this is what I like aesthetically. And this mm. moving, that it look, for me feels like a glorified, you know, old school karaoke when they have these weird music videos. Yeah, yeah, I get Compared to, like, yeah. I aesthetically just prefer the lyrics, boom, they're on a page. A page of paper, you know, or on a home page. That works okay with me as well. Because the aesthetic of having the lyrics, all of them in front of you, it looks like a poem then, you know. It's, so it's, for me, it's a strong aesthetic preference as well that I realize is highly subjective. And uh, yeah, for me, it's more if I have to find a way, any way that people will pay attention more to beautiful lyrics, then it's okay. Of all the shit things that a label does, I, I can go with that because maybe it's an immediate um, way that people can read the lyrics and it's also another aspect of it this apparently you need moving if i remember you need some kind of moving picture something to go on to upload something on youtube in terms of songs otherwise to take it down there's a weird rule to this really yeah because since we refuse to do lyric videos for feathers and flesh for instance because mm. that's why i'm doing a book and also it's going to be uploaded, you know, it's going to be on Dark Lyrics anyway. Yeah, but you, like. you, you had the book, so yeah. in that case... But we, if you notice, we, we have never done it. Yeah. And, but then we had this weird compromise where it's artwork from the booklet, because still we, end, we had all the songs up there from Feathers and Flesh, with art videos, we call them, because they showed the album artworks, the paintings related yeah. to each song. And it's like, 
<laughs> it's so weird when people wrote comments, what a beautiful video. I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a painting of an eagle going slightly back and forth. But again, according to me, there are just a few bands that are worth of losing time there and getting to the, the, the lyrics. And if that can be a way for the millennials or whatever mm. to read and reflect better on the beautiful lyrics, then uh, again, of all the shit things that a label can do, I go for that. It's okay. But back to the song. Yeah. What did you think? I thought it was good. It sounded exactly what I expected a solo work of Miles Kennedy to be. Yeah, it's, it's a really thousand him, percent. Really. You know why I loved the the song? Because with that voice and also like the color of his voice and the way he sings and the passion he has, to me he could sing Five Little Ducks, you know, and he would make me He's cry anyway. You know, so he can sing whatever from Twinkle Twinkle and I cry anyway, mm. I saw big tears. And so this song was really good because everything was around his voice and his guitar. And I really loved it. Like nothing distracted the from the voice. The voice did carry out the song and yeah. the guitar, you know, until yeah. at the Maybe end there was, drums and all yeah, there was the explosion and stuff like that. But yeah. Uh, very well done. Very well done. Clap, clap. I was thinking an interesting parallel. I don't know why I thought a bit about Paul McCartney in it, or in Paul McCartney of later years. Later years mean the last 20 to 15 years. He had a long career, Sir Paul. And I just remember some in different interviews with him once certain things he does musically is questioned. And spanning back to the 70s, I know I'm going on a tangent here, but bear with me. And when people sing about love sincerely, mm -mm -mm. like this. And he's a humble person. This is a yeah. humble song, and yeah. I love it. And it's, I feel like I, 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 buff, I, buff, I buy the love, the, the love concept of this song. Yeah. And like, and the Paul McCartney connection, he talked about being proud of the Beatles and how cool he thought it was that it made a whole career out of, you know, singing love songs, you know, in the beginning, of course, it's mm -hmm. boy band stuff, but then that stay, then the hippie stuff and then their wives, mm -hmm. but still it was always pretty much about nice things. Yeah. And, and uh, as a metal musician, I, I, I find it amazing and impressive. Yeah, and I am not really into love songs, so but that's the same reason why I liked this one because it doesn't look like he's a poser and so I believe him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 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 yeah, exactly. It was very believable. Yes. And he's an amazing singer. Yes. Then the big, big, big news of the day is Tommy Lee against his son Brandon. Did you read something about it? I have very strong opinions about Motley Crue, none of them positive. So I do not keep up with these types of news. So no, let's hear it. So uh, apparently Brandon lost control and punched Tommy Lee in the face. On it. Actually, he destroyed his mouth, he hurt him, something like that. And Brandon and is his son, right? Yes, mm -hmm. with Pamela Anderson. Mm -hmm. And I say, good, well done, I love 
love it punch him one more time because i can't send motri crow either so but this was everywhere now this seems like a never-ending story i am not really uh good in following tmz and shit Mm -hmm. So I don't know all the detail, but basically it seems that um, Brandon went nuts after his dad posted a few pictures of his mom, Pamela, making funny faces uh, because he felt it uh, disrespected her, of course. And then I think that Brandon went to Tommy Lee and uh, there was... A fight and uh, Tommy Lee had the words of this fight and and he went also on a Twitter rant he posted his picture with uh, uh, with his uh, mouth covered in a blood and then he deleted it and now it's this Twitter war it's so trashy uh, I don't know it's so much recruit from some point of view you know so I don't really know what to say, but a lot of people, of course, are reporting this also on metal and rock uh, web scene, of course. It's notable to me that all other news we are have been discussing has in, in one way or another been related to music. Then we have Motley Crue news. And that, of course, is related to alcohol and abuse behavior with, uh, for example, Pamela. And uh, Yeah, and I think it's incredibly tragic. Telling. Telling and tried. Now, I try to separate this thing into two things. Uh, one thing is that I don't like Motley Crue, that I cannot pronounce like that, because as a Swede, we have that umlaut, so they will always be Motley Crue to me. <laughs> um uh, you know, I, I, I don't like them, and let's leave it at that. Uh, then we have the other side of it. If this is connected to you know, to someone being drunk, drunk high, whatever, tripping balls and doing dumb shit, and it destroying a family, and if this is a relationship that a father and son are having, and on top of that, that the father of both of them, I point more most fingers to the father dealing with this to such a large extent through social media it's it's uh, it's incredibly tragic yeah so imagine like it's you, you see miniature versions of this sometimes with people in your own little facebook sphere that really wash their dirty laundry too much in your own little Facebook puddle and imagine that times millions and millions in volume when you are an actual celebrity like that yeah and the damage that does yeah exactly because there are sorry and it seems that he had all the right to get upset because uh, Brandon because basically uh, Tommy was triggered by uh, an interview that Pamela gave to Piers Morgan uh, where she was anyway talking about the abuse she she had which we weren't there and he hasn't been sentenced yeah, or anything, yeah, right? Of so course. we don't uh, but Pamela what said last thing she said now is that uh, Tommy Lee is a disaster spinning out of control and that uh, is uh, a Trump style kind of man and that he got 
punched as payback for all the people that he hurt. Now, I can joke and say, yes, well done, and punch him as much as you can, and, but of course it's tragic because now he's going on, uh, on he wants to sue him or whatever. It's this crazy territory also because I automatically side with Pam Anderson. And I just presume that she doesn't lie about this. Because she, I don't know, she is taking part in anti... And, you know, like, just how we... It's, this is interesting how we inform our opinions of people we don't know. Because Pam Anderson has been involved in quite a few, if I remember, like, anti-fur-wearing campaigns. Yeah. And Tommy Lee is in one of the... One of my least favorite bands in the universe. Yeah, exactly. So, but I don't know the people. That's no, all I but I can imagine Tommy Lee being that kind of man and uh, Pamela Anderson. The drug use, the, the the drug use in 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 Camp Mutley crew has is is very very well documented uh, above all by themselves, and uh, to think that uh, to think that. Uh, Drug and alcohol abuse on a, in the rich and famous world would lead to less abuse and destruction of families than it does by when Joe Blow does it further down the street. It's of course delusional. So yeah, I can see all of that side of the story being true. And exactly. I can see it natural for a son there to side with the mother against a father like that. Yeah, but and I think also this. his irrational reaction to post it all online and stuff is again it's so venomous yeah and it's, it's not even tragic it's like oh my goodness me you are over 50 and and then you go there on twitter and you put your picture like 15 years old what do you want to even show like that's your own son like, I don't know, I don't know, I'm just happy I do live in that kind of world and please never get that famous and <laughs> turn into a, a trash as those people and individual. I wouldn't worry about me getting that famous. <laughs> but yeah, let's go to the next news. Yeah. And going back to Judas Priest, he dropped a new video, so what do you think about it? Well... Inspector. Uh, where do I where do I begin? Um, the album just came out as well, Firepower, and I think it's a million times better than Redeemer of Souls, which I felt had the Judas Priest groove mm. that it should have had that the, the Judas Priest has, and that makes them so, part of what makes them so amazing. But this have way this is heavier, has way more energy, and I feel like. Rob Halford is singing with way more conviction, you know, like this was this album is way more of a total Judas Priest package. I have just listened through it once and I, I love the album. And I didn't listen to the album just yet because I didn't have enough time to stay there and find I guess the it came perfect, out two days ago also. The perfect moment, but now we watched all the videos mm. and you took the words out of my mouth so to speak oh yeah yeah because these i can see people like loving it when they go to the concert because do you remember when we were talking about the new judas priest album just when i, I came in and i listened to it yeah yeah 
what did I tell you? Yeah, the only thing is that every time you go to Judas Priest, I want the old but good songs. Yeah, the good oldies. Yeah. Uh, I, but about this song. But this one is different. Yeah, this, this, there are many Lighting Strike, songs. I can't wait for being there in the audience and jumping and singing along. And I didn't have this impression with the previous song. No, exactly. I am... The thing... Oh... When, when English bands are amazing, and I think especially Judas Priest, and it's funny when I say what I'm going to say, you would think because of lyrical content, it should apply more to, for instance, Iron Maiden. But I think Judas Priest has even more of what I... how When I, I think the way I'm singing about medieval ballads there's something about mm. the melody and how, how the, the melody structure of the songs that, that, that makes it feel ancient and timeless yeah yeah and no, also and it's so funny with them that how the performance and how you just put things together makes it genius because if you listen choice of chords and what the melody is doing you know it, it's it's not Mahavishnu orchestra but at mm. the same time you know i I have listened through a couple of Judas Priest albums, picked up a guitar and say, now I'm ready to write. And then uh, never ever have any of those songs trying to find that direction specifically end up on an album because it's just... <sighs> I think this is so good. And mm -hmm. Halford singing so good on this. And again, he's another one that can sing Twinkle Twinkle, I will cry yeah, anyway, yeah. but... Well, the Christmas album. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's also true. But this one is so much better yeah. than the previous one. And uh, the, the difference with Iron Maiden, according to me, is that with Iron Maiden, I guess they aim to sound like that, to sound at times ancient and epic mm, in yeah, that sense. Yeah. Uh, sense with uh, Judas Priest, it just happens. Ah, that makes sense, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't feel that he ends there, but it just happens. It's no. epic. What can you say? Exactly. There's now about the song, I think it's great. And an interesting, interesting observation, unless I get the lyrical content completely wrong, but it feels like it's kind of a callback to uh, lyrical themes from songs such as Electric Eye. There's an eye in the sky, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. There's some... And it's so, that's the observation how, how lyricists tend to return to certain subjects over and over again in different forms. Um, oh yeah, or oh, to use the same... I am, again, obsessed with lyrics and I've done, when I was a teen, these kind of exercise with so many bands to see how many times Opet will use, you know, the word, I don't know, devil, that is stupid yeah, as no, but choice I get right now, but... Him and Crimson, right? Doesn't he love, doesn't Villavala love the word Crimson? Yeah, 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 yeah. For Absolutely. instance, I, I yeah. remember reading that in an interview with him and, and I was thinking, for instance, Michael Jackson, uh, for being someone who had such a you know, I don't know, monk-ish image man, lots of the time. How many songs, album for album, he had about uh, a destructive relationship with a groupie? Billie oh, Jean, yeah. oh, Dirty yeah. Diana, and Dangerous. Yeah. And so on. And if I keep thinking, isn't Blood on the Dance Floor kind of like that too? No. I guess, you know, it's a reoccurring theme. And so this seems like a callback to that. And I think that's brilliant. Now about the music video, however... Yeah, that's what I was going to... I would love 
I, I love my guy, you won. And having now done some funny stuff and some dead serious stuff with him, and him through us having learned love, the love for and the sensibilities of heavy metal, I believe, I would just like to throw him at them. Or someone, yeah. you know, but he's yeah. the one I have closest at hand. And again, they cannot do wrong. Like, whatever. No, but we breaking, are the, not law, there breaking for... the law is a much better music video. Yeah. And but, funny. Yeah, but again, in this era that you have to do so many music videos one after the other, I guess that a band that is so epic and doesn't play this game because he doesn't need this it, fucking no, game. No, it's Judas fucking Priest. My respect goes to them because nowadays we focalize all the energy on a video and I respect my guys Opet for not doing that mm. not playing that game whatsoever. I think it sucks. I, love I it. think it sucks that we're still in that the, the way the things are like I love making them. It's an artistic outlet for me and for my band uh, but it's clear that it that is not everyone started to play guitar in order to have themselves being filmed to play guitar yeah and the avatar uh, is also like an, an image a vision on exactly, the stage like, that is normal that you recreate in a yeah, story like, of we, a music video we, we love doing it and, and it's part of our idea of the art we're doing yeah. blah 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 uh, but not every band is like that. Not every band should have to be like that. Yeah, but nowadays it, but they it have seems to. that... Yeah, it, it, it's not that it seems they have to. And not just once. You have to drop a video a week that is ridiculous. Which calls it back to the lyric videos. I understand why they are there. Yeah. And I think the only, re the only reason we don't get murdered for refusing it is because our label gets... Instead, we try to deliver yeah. as many videos as possible. But how rumors. many videos have Opet done? Like, you can Very really few. count. Like, And I really respect them for that because they don't need the fucking music video. Yeah. But, beside this, I would love to see a nice video from Judas Priest because it could be so fucking epic. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? Yeah. But whatever, it's okay. It was not a great music video. The best it's band Judas has Priest. the best one of the best bands in the it. world. One of the best yeah. bands in the world has done an amazing album this far into their career. I really like it. I I love Judas Priest and I love like I love the, the talks about you know they have they have Richie Faulkner on lead guitar now and you know they're not the same lineup as there was blah blah blah. It doesn't matter because the rhythm section is that rhythm section and that is what makes it is so ah. It's it's a certain groove there that yeah. is that every old school metal band, good old school metal band, those we still talk about today, had their own unique combo in the rhythm section. That is such an under by I believe by the general public underestimated part of what makes all these groups mm -hmm. so great and unique. Why it feels so different because they're all playing. And, but still the of Priest doesn't sound like the same very reoccurring figure played by Megadeth and oh, but anyway oh, we oh. have to cut here so good so yeah these were the news and our opinion and the well done Priest and Malice uh, Kennedy yeah Excellent, yeah. excellent work, everyone. And uh, butcher babies, get a gold star. stay away and go. And, and uh, uh, Anselmo, keep on chilling out. And that's our opinion. Okay. No coffee? No mercy! See you soon.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.